Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. All right, we got the news. Are you ready for the news? How, how are we looking up there? Everybody good? All right, now what I'm doing with this, as you know, during this message series is we're launching with the news to kind of get where we are in the state of the world, mainly focusing on America, and then we talk about how we're going to address the situation, which is God's power. Amen. Now, for those of you that do follow the news, right now we are in the, one of the, in the midst of one of the biggest military abominations and humiliating situations that our country has ever been in. So... I came up with the reasons why for you, and some of you saw this on the podcast, some of you didn't. I would never want you to miss any of the gold that's on the podcast. So run the first one for me, guys. Matter of fact, you can run the first two for me. I don't know what that is, but don't run that. That's, that sounded like, how are we doing up there? Oh, okay. Well, we have planes that are billions over budget and still can't fly. And we have a military with leaders like Patrick Donahoe, who probably spent more time last week thinking about how he was going to silence a vet on Twitter than he was thinking about how maybe the military would ultimately defeat China. We played it in a, in a, a war game in October of last year. And without overstating the issue, it failed miserably. Uh, an aggressive red team that had been studying the United States for the last 20 years just ran rings around us and they knew exactly what we we're going to do before we did it. Well, we have... Can I go to the next one, guys? 222. We're funding this nonsense. Now, last month at a House hearing, this chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General Mark Milley, sounded more like a high-ranking BLM officer than an actual military officer. I want to understand white rage, and I'm white, and I want to understand it. What is wrong with understanding, having some situational understanding about the country for which we are here to defend? All right, good. If now, when in doubt, you've always got the CIA to lean on. Play that one for me. <laughs> I'm a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender this is CIA recruitment video. Generalized anxiety disorder. I used to struggle with imposter syndrome, but at 36, I refuse to internalize misguided patriarchal ideas of what a woman can or should be. I am tired of feeling like I'm supposed to apologize for the space I occupy rather than intoxicate people with my effort, my brilliance. I am intersectional, but my existence is not a box checking exercise. I am a walking declaration, a woman whose inflection does not rise at the end of her sentences. I am unapologetically me. I want you to be unapologetically you. That's good, guys. So that's the CIA at work, and that is an official CIA recruitment video. The CIA is greatly involved in our withdrawal from Afghanistan. 
since Joe Biden told everybody that we're going to leave, which you never strategically do from a military standpoint, you never tell your enemy what your dates and times are going to be. But the CIA is firmly out in front of it, turning it from a 72-day exercise into a 72-hour conquering by the Taliban. They should have been out in front of it, but they're too busy hiring people who are cisgender females with whatever syndrome that she had. What was that called again? Imposter syndrome that she had. But don't worry now, the next video I want to show you, while we're getting conquered by the Taliban... The White House is doing this. Now, I want you to know that this is not a TikTok video. This was done in collaboration, in cooperation with the White House. Now, I want you to consider that we have right now hyperinflation, an open southern border, a military that's an absolute woke joke. But this is going on inside the White House. Play it for me. One sec. Democracy's calling. <laughs> See you, Daddy. Bye. Hi, my name is Cooper, and this is a day in my life as a White House intern. We did a joke. <laughs> hey, everyone. Vogue. Usually, I start off with a big coffee. Sorry, I'm like really strict in here. Hey, Jenny. I booked you a nail appointment, love. Yeah, I didn't tell you to do that. It's called the Initiative. <laughs> Hi, White House. This is Cooper. Mm, I don't think so. Oh, doesn't matter. This is actually the entrance to the West Wing. This is so fun and it's really prestigious. Hey, POTUS. Is Olivia Rodrigo still here? No. We've come a long way in our fight against this virus. We've vaccinated 160 million Americans. Are you getting this all down? Don't worry, Queen. It's all right here. Cooper. Sorry, Miss Jen. Hey, Jen, don't forget to have fun. Spirit fingers, mama. We need to get shots in the arms of every single American. I'm heading to a haircut. Comment. There you go. That, was a, that is a White House video. That was not just done by that young man. That was done in cooperation with the President of the United States. You saw Jen Psaki on there. That's where we are, folks. The, I mean, I want you to think about what George Washington and Abraham Lincoln think right now as they gaze down from heaven looking upon that. This is where we really are, and this is why you do not cave to a phantom virus because you wouldn't have that in the white house right now if the church in america had not shut down so shifting on to that this is an emerald robinson tweet remember when i told you not to get the vaccine unless you know about antibody dependent enhancement ade this this video the last time i checked it had six million views so it probably has more than the way more than that now run that video for me aaron again the virus. And then ask yourself, why is a vaccine that is supposedly so effective having a breakout in the middle of the summer when respiratory viral syndromes don't do that? And to help you understand that, you need to know the condition that is called antibody-mediated viral enhancement. That is a condition done when vaccines work wrong, as they did in every coronavirus study done in animals on coronaviruses after the SARS uh, outbreak and done in respiratory syncytial virus, where a vaccine used in a vulnerable individual done the wrong way, which by, cannot be done right for a respiratory virus, which has a very low pathogenicity rate, causes the immune system to actually fight the virus wrong and let the virus become worse than it would with native infection. And that is why you are seeing an outbreak right now. In fact, in that 
flash drive you're going to have coming to you and in the emails with six extra will be a study showing that 75% of people who had COVID-19 positive symptom cases in Barnstable, Massachusetts outbreak were fully vaccinated. Therefore, there is no reason for treating any person vaccinated any differently than any person unvaccinated. There you go. They will tell you that it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. It is exactly the opposite. If you look at the statistics coming out of England, the statistics coming out of Israel, it is a pandemic of people carrying a very heavy viral load right there because when you inject yourself with an mRNA vaccination, it causes your natural immune system to fight the virus wrongly. It loads you full of spike protein virus and then you shed it. That's what is going on right now, not to mention causing capillary blood clots in, in about 60% of patients. Facts. All right, play, this one here is, it's titled, are you waiting patiently for your jab opportunity? Play it. This is reality right here. Get your shot, line up. All right, you can bring it back to me. So there you go, I just want you to see reality. When have you ever seen people get vaccines that act like that? This is a different ball game than we're in. Look how they're treating this kid. This was on Ryan Airlines. This kid actually had autism, but he just had to be swiped for COVID, even though he's exempt. Play it. Listen to me. You need to. Let's put, look at the kids surrounded by these people. They look like a Medicare mob. A zombie apocalypse. A child with ADHD no. and autism. We're not in the refused Ryan Air flight. Okay. Even with no GP letter stating exemption. Not good enough for Ryanair. This is what has to happen to get on a Ryanair flight. The child with autism and ADHD. Okay. Okay, it's just one second, okay? You have to be still, okay? Otherwise, otherwise it will take longer. Come on then, quickly, last chance. Go, yeah. go, do it. Yeah. You're the man, you're the man. Yeah. You're the man, you're the man, you're the man, you're the man, you're the man. Yeah. All right, back to me. Look at the world that we are living in. The kid just wants to get on an airline. That's the world that we're living in. From August 13th, Los Angeles to require vaccinations to buy groceries. This is what's happening. You're going to have to fight it. You can't just act like it's not happening. It's not going to work. You can't keep just driving to soccer practice. You're going to have to learn to fight this. You're going to have to stand in its face because it's coming for you. Los Angeles to require vaccine. Well, that'll never happen here. Charlie Chris gets elected governor. Charlie Chris just put it out that you cannot work on his staff unless you are vaccinated. In other words, a vaccine passport. Plan introduced by Council President Nuri Martinez. That's a good name for him, Nuri. In a prepared statement, Martinez claims it's our public responsibility to protect the public. That includes protecting them from the unvaccinated. It's not the vaccinated that are causing the problem. 
You just heard earlier that all that happens when you vaccinate people against an endlessly mutating virus is you cause the immune system to generate more virus. That's the way that it works. There's, you can, listen, people, why, ask yourself this. How did they come up with a vaccine in one year for a coronavirus when they could not come up with a vaccine for the common cold, which is a coronavirus, for your entire life? I'm 52 years old. They couldn't in 52 years, even with the sterling leadership of the lawn dwarf, Anthony Fauci, even with his leadership at, at the NIH for the last 50 years, he can't come up with a vaccine, but in one and a half years or less, they come up with a vaccine for this? And it endlessly mutates and it causes an outbreak in the middle of the summer when your vitamin D is at its highest levels. That's why it's called a cold. It happens in the, in the cold months when people are inside, which by the way, they lock you inside your house where 76% of coronaviruses are caught. But it's all about your health, COVID-caving Christians and COVID-caving pastors. Alex Berenson, as of Wednesday, get these numbers now. You can pull all this up on Twitter. Alex Berenson, from yesterday. As of Wednesday, Israel had 451. 451, now this is a nation of millions of people now. They're completely shut down. They're completely masked. They're completely vaxxed. As of Wednesday, they had 451 seriously ill COVID patients out of millions, but they locked the entire country down. But I digress. Israel had 451 seriously ill COVID patients in the hospital. 276 are vaccinated. 266 fully vaccinated. So 266 out of 451 are fully vaccinated or in the hospital. A year ago, before vaccines existed, it had a total of 368 seriously ill hospitalized. A year ago, in the middle of the alpha outbreak, right? They had three, 368. Now they have 451. What happened? The vaccinations caused another outbreak in the summer. It should be seasonal. Is everybody getting this? Some of you are looking at me like, I don't know what you're talking about. How does the flu work? Every October through every April, it's what season? That's what's supposed to happen here. But the vaccinations caused us a nice little July outbreak. Great job. Great job. And all the Christian leaders like Andy Stanley and T.D. Jakes that are turning their churches into vaccination centers, great work, guys. Franklin Graham, the vaccinations are a gift from God. Really? God wants capillary blood clots? People, people dropping on the ground with seizures? That's what God wants? Don't think so, Franklin. And the news gets even worse. These serious cases are rising faster now than ever before, except maybe a few days in January, itself likely the result of the post-first dose spike. Whoops. From Israel, Israel Hayam Magazine. Vaccinated Israelis account for 53% of new COVID cases. Great vaccine they got going there. Larry Elder tweet, LA to require vaccinations to buy groceries. I told you that. Who else is jumping on board with this? This isn't specific to groceries. This is specific to basically going into any business that you want. New Orleans has done it. 
San Francisco has done it. The European Union has done it. New Zealand has done it. Christians, we might want to face it. From the Hill tweet, Canada to require all travelers to be vaccinated. Hmm, that sounds familiar. Can't buy, sell, or trade? Oh, yeah. Sounds familiar. All right, let me show you some. Now, these I find funny. We're heading towards the end. This is from Newsmax. Martha's Vineyard is experiencing a COVID-19 spike. That's a fact. They have 73 new cases. What happened on Martha's Vineyard last weekend? Well, I believe Barack Obama had himself a 700-member. They said they cut it down. Okay, right. They had 700 people with 200 staff members there. How many, how many staff people do you need? But they cut it, allegedly cut it down to 598 people with 200 staff members. I'm making that up. But Martha's Vineyard, seriously, all this week has had a major COVID-19 spike. Isn't it funny how that works? Now let's see what Barack was doing last weekend. Play it for me. That's Brock. Now he wants everybody masked and everybody vaccinated. That's him in a crowd. He wants everybody social distanced. That's how these people are. You need to understand the ruling elite. They're not scared of COVID. It's simply being used to mark you and control you. That's what it's been about from day one. They're not living that way. They're not social distanced. They're not masked. And I'll bet you right now they're not even truly vaccinated. How about Rashida Tlaib? Also, also a major, major mask advocate, social distance advocate. Well, this is Rashida Tlaib in what is called an orange zone in her home state, which is a COVID hot zone. So let's watch her mitigations and precautions, shall we? Where's the mask? Where's the social distancing? There we go. All right, back to me. There you go. This is what, this is how the world truly is. They don't care. Chris Cuomo, right? Every night, every night on CNN, you better wear a mask. He was caught by his own apartment complex numerous times. They wrote him up and fined him. Because it wasn't that he wasn't just wearing a mask. They went up and asked him to and he refused to wear it. While he's on CNN telling you and making fun of Donald Trump for taking his mask off and telling you to wear a mask. What's Chris Cuomo been doing lately? This last weekend. There you go. Back to me. I just want you to know that's the real world. These people aren't living what they're telling you to live. They never do. Right now, Sweden, the seven-day average of newly reported deaths per million in Sweden is zero. Guess how, many, how much are they masked? None. Social distance, none. Lockdown, none. Nothing. You know why? Because what they realized is you can do whatever you want. They're not having a summer outbreak. Why? 
Isn't that funny how that works, isn't it? Right now, they're all over us in Florida because Ron DeSantis has a spine. Oregon's having the same outbreak. Hawaii's having the same outbreak, and you'll see it outbreak throughout the country because the vax are spreading themselves throughout the country, of course. So their outbreak will continue throughout the country. They're blaming on us, accusing us, like Cuomo, like Rashida Tlaib, like Obama, accusing us of doing what they do. But they're having the same outbreak in Democratic-controlled uh, states, and there's no news coverage. So, but it's all about a virus? It's all about your health? Oh, no, it's only targeted for political means, right? Well, here's the thing. With the help of my buddy Pete, our guitar player back here, and my wife Hope, I wanted you to see our two local hospitals. Are we having this, we are being overrun? Are we having that? That's all over CNN, though. It's all over Fox. Florida's overrun. Are we? All right, well, here's Inglewood Hospital and Venice Hospital. Uh, that is Inglewood Hospital. Thursday night. We're being overrun. Where? All right, go to Venice. Here's Pete's video. Pete Syracuse. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Are they being overrun? Uh, no, not one patient. Oh, there's one lady. Oh, well, lies, lies, lies. So there you go. That's the news. There you go. That's the truth, right? That's the truth. You want to shoot a hospital near you, send it to me. Don't send me all your other stuff. I already know everything you guys are sending me. Everybody says, have you seen this? Yeah, I've already seen that. So how do we reach these people? Believe it or not, I want to reach Chris Cuomo. I mean, to be that galactic, first of all, to be that galactically socially inept to be dancing that way... As a 56-year-old guy, uh, well, where's your wife, by the way, if you're out there? I left some of the video out. So how do we reach these people? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Where do we get the power from? So in order to reach people, we've got to have power. Not right arguments, Power. What I just showed you, if I brought Chris Cuomo in the room and Barack Obama and Rashida Tlaib in the room, they would just make excuses. They wouldn't say, oh my gosh, you've caught me in galactic hypocrisy. They would not. Because their narrative is too strong on the inside of them for truth. Their narrative clouds out all truth. It's way too important to them to be correct than actually right. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where do we get power? But you shall receive power. Really, I'm, gonna put, I'm putting only in here. Only when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, another form of power, another form of power is truth. Where do we get the truth? So we get power from the Holy Spirit. That's our power source. Lots of Christians are completely and totally disconnected with the Holy Spirit. They got church down. They got their Jesus Fish Bible cover. They listen to Chris Tomlin. But they don't have the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about heaven or hell here. I'm just saying they don't have the power of the Holy Spirit. It's evident because 99.9% of the church closed for a 99.9% survival virus. This power? 
It's delusion is what that is. It's a lacking of power. But the Holy Spirit comes with truth also. A form of power is truth. John chapter 14, 16 and 17. Jesus said, listen to what he said. He is actually saying that I am not enough. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. John 15, 26, but when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Acts 2.37, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? That's what we have to do. All of what I just shared with you a moment ago out of the news does nothing. It's for you to know. It's for my brothers and sisters in Christ to be informed. So you know where to launch from. But it will not change people's hearts. Is this mic going in and out? Watch it back there. Aaron, where, find Aaron, and let's get this mic underway. Somebody, Rocky, search the building and find him, would you? Somebody search. Let's get this under, fix this thing, or we gotta switch mics. So what cuts to the heart? So we have to cut people to the heart, so what cuts to the heart? See, we know a lot of us, we think, gosh, dog it. Turn, can we turn this thing on? I hate this microphone. Seriously. Hello, who? Stand by a minute. You think my heart rate would be up right now? I'm done with this mic for forever. That's it for me. Back to the handheld. Bye bye. All right, there we go. So how do we get people cut to the heart? Because our arguments aren't going to work. We have to be pierced to the heart. So how do we do it? It's called the sword of the spirit. We have to cut people. We can't, we're not going to argue them into the kingdom of heaven. Gosh, dog the sound system today. Man, do all that you can as quick as you can. Check it, one, two, check, check, one, two. How are we doing out there? It's still got an echo on it. Might want to watch it. I can hear it. Is anybody else hearing the echo but me? All right. It might just be me on the stage then. All right. So let's try to be spiritual again. What cuts to the heart? The sword of the spirit. Ephesians chapter 6, 17 and 18. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Let me give you a little, little preview. Do you know what the sword of the spirit is? Jesus himself. The sword of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit wielding a two-edged sword called Jesus Christ. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. How many of us pray in the Spirit? And that, by the way, that doesn't just mean speaking in tongues. 
There are Christians that speak in tongues their entire life and never truly pray in the Spirit. They're speaking in tongues, but I'm going to show you in a minute that they're really not even praying in the Spirit. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. This is Ephesians 6.18. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Jude, verse 20, says this. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. How do you build faith? You pray in the Spirit. How do you pray in the Spirit? You pray the Word. You pray the word of God. Listen to John chapter 15, 26. But when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. So if you're praying in the spirit solely in tongues, you don't know what you're saying. That is not exclusively praying in the spirit. Yes, it's a part of it. But you have to be praying the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So if you're praying the word, you are actually building faith. Or here's the good thing for you. The spirit himself, this is where tongues come in. Remember, tongues, I'm not saying tongues isn't praying in the spirit. It's just not the full compilation of of, of praying in the spirit. Romans 8, 26, the Holy Spirit can come in. This is why you must speak in tongues. You must be filled with the Holy Spirit. It might make you uncomfortable because you were raised this way or that way. Be raised in the word. Forget everything else. I was raised Catholic. It's gone. It's gone. I walked away. I'm not ashamed. If you need to walk away from being a Baptist, walk away. You're supposed to be speaking in tongues. If you you were raised in religious Pentecost, you need to walk away. Romans 8, 26, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. There are times we don't know what to pray, but that's where the Holy Spirit comes in, speaks through you with tongues that groans cannot express, speaks with groans that words cannot express. And he searches our hearts and knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. God's will. Here we go. There's that God's will thing. How many of us believe that God's will is a mystery? It's not. It's not at all a mystery. So the Spirit leads us In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express in accordance to the will of God. So what is the will of God? What does the Holy Spirit wield? Jesus. I know that's a weird thing to picture. I understand. Remember, Jesus told people to eat his flesh and drink his blood, and most of his apostles left. So just because you hear something weird doesn't mean that you're right. So the word, the word of God is Jesus, and that is what the Holy Spirit wields around. So what's the will of God? The Holy Spirit can only testify to that which he has heard. So what's the will of God? Comes back to Jesus again. Matthew chapter 6, 9 through 13. I'm only going to read 9 and 10, though. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. 
So if that is Jesus speaking. He's telling you how to pray. So how will the Holy Spirit tell you to pray? If he wields Jesus, how is he going to tell you to pray? Well, let's look. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is. So, if you have sickness, what should happen? Is there sickness in heaven? So there's no ambiguity here. So it would not be the Holy Spirit telling you to pray some sort of ambiguous prayer about God's will, would it? Well, you might, you might come through. If he doesn't, though, you'll find out why in heaven. What book of the Bible is that in? None that I've ever read. It's in nowhere. The Holy Spirit will lead you to pray just as Jesus taught us to pray because the Holy Spirit will testify of me, is what Jesus said. So if you're praying in the Spirit, you will be praying just like that. Or you could be speaking in tongues and not be praying that. Do you see this? There's lots of Pentecostal people speaking in tongues who do not believe that healing is for sure. So are they praying in the Spirit? No, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. There's, there's all kinds of Pentecostal people speaking in tongues all the time who do not believe that you're supposed to be prospered. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. 2 Corinthians 8 9. Tom, you can't preach prosperity from the pulpit. I don't care what anybody thinks. I preach what the Bible says. If you leave, you leave. People get mad all the time. If you're praying correctly and you're praying in the spirit, you're praying the truth found in the sword that he wields, which is Jesus himself. John 16, 13, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. When Paul said, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the spirit's power, he was, yes, talking about miracles, and he was, yes, talking about the truth. You have to be telling people the truth, or, or you're not operating in the spirit. Well, you know, spirit is kind and gentle. Who told you that? Who told you that? When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. The Holy Spirit will have you pray just like Jesus prayed, or you're not praying in the spirit. You're just a religious Pentecostal person speaking in tongues. Tom, how dare you say that? Well, what have we produced? Most Pentecostal churches have been or are closed right now, worldwide. Where's the Pentecostal movement in Canada? Gone, Australia, gone, New Zealand, gone, England, gone, Spain, gone, France, gone. You think they're praying in the spirit? No, they're just speaking in tongues. You're welcome, quiet in here. The Holy Spirit will have you pray just like Jesus prayed because it's the truth. Because it's the word that you're speaking. And by the way, the side benefit is it builds faith. The Holy Spirit's sword is Jesus. Where do you get that from, Tom? Matthew chapter 10, 34 through 36. This is a startling verse to all the ark churches in Sarasota and Charlotte County. 
Yeah. Our churches believe that you, that's association of related churches. Those are all the watered down, bump, 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 those churches. <laughs> this is a startling verse. The launch from these three verses is startling for them. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace on earth. What most Christians believe is, is that you've got to come into unity with people. That's a false concept. I'll show you in a minute. They believe that, you know what, let's become as much like the world as we can to win them. So you're going to wear their masks, right? There's local art churches here in the area that had masks with their church name on it. Like, you know, you buy our T-shirts out there. You could buy their mask with their name on it. Because they're just like the world and they think they're going to win people that way. But if you are the world and you win them, what are you winning them to? You're winning them to the world, the spirit of the air. Do not suppose, Jesus said, that I have come to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. So what about this unity? What about it? It's not a godly concept. You're like, Tom, I know there's unity in the Bible. Yes, there is. But the unity that's spouted by most churches and the unity that's spouted by Joe Biden and the unity that's spouted by the Republican Party is not a godly concept. It's not. Unity for them is that we all need to come together. In other words, you need to bend over backwards and agree with me. You put up that video of that transgender guy waltzing around the White House with his nine-inch nails. We need, we need to tell that guy he's okay. We need to just come together. No, that's not a godly concept of unity. What is a godly concept of unity? Well, let's look. It's in Ephesians chapter four, verse three. It says, endeavoring to keep the unity. See, Tom, you're wrong. Really? Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. So you have to agree with the Spirit to be unified with me. You see? And what, and, and what does the Spirit wield? The Word of God, which is Jesus. So we have to be unified in the Word. And Word is faith, Right? So let's look at Ephesians 4.13. Till we all come to the unity of the faith, which means unity of the word. So you can't unify with somebody who doesn't agree with the Bible. Doesn't mean you can't like them. Doesn't mean you're not nice to them. It means you can't unify with them. You can't tell them they're okay when they're not. You can't do it. You can't join together in some sort of unity with somebody who completely disagrees with the Bible. What are you going to bring forth? Nothing. If we're not unified in the spirit, if we're not unified in the faith, there is no such thing as unity. People are always talking about the, I wrote down some concepts. Come together. Come together. They have, they have politicians that come out, oh, he's the unifier. Well, how is it that the more we try for unity, the further everybody's apart? Because the unity of the world is a demonic concept. 
Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the light, life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's not very unifying. What about Muhammad? There's a billion people on this planet that worship Muhammad, right? That's not very unifying. So how do we unify? We need to, that's what the Pope's trying to do. That's why the Pope keeps watering down the Bible. So you can say, he can, he can start saying we are as one. I told you, and that's coming next to the American evangelical movement. It already has happened. If you saw behind the, if you saw behind the scenes things inside the evangelical movement, it would, ruin, it, it would ruin your year. Some of the people that you may have looked up to, it would ruin your year to know what they really believe. So what do we do then? Well, let's look. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 and 15. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Boy, the Bible is not very clear. You know what do not means? Do not. Do not. And then again, do not. Do not be yoked. How will we unify? You don't. Didn't say not be friends. I, listen, you see somebody you're not in unity with on the side of the road, broken down, help them with their car. You don't go, hey, you know what? You're my best friend now. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what, or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there, verse 15, between Christ and the devil? And what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? But we all need to come together. No, thank you. So that's, that's what the modern evangelical movement does. It says, you know what? What do we new, need to do to make you love us? It's so weird, but it's almost hard to preach. What do we need to make you do? What do we need to do to make you love Jesus? But their Jesus really isn't Jesus. It's a God of their own creation. So it's all fake. Their unity attempt is fake. What they're offering as Jesus is fake. Just like you saw in the videos, all fake conviction. What they mean by unity today is that you will cave, you will lie, and you will acquiesce. You put a mask on, you're a liar. And again, let me preface that because someone's going to send me an email. Or if I was dumb enough to give you my phone number, send me a text message. <laughs> saying, I have to wear one at this situation. I get the situations. I understand. I've worn a mask before. I had to wear one in Inglewood Hospital. They wouldn't let me in to visit people without a mask on. I made sure I bucked them as hard as I could, but in order to stay in the building without being escorted out. Now, it was very weird, though. I stood out. The night that I was there, the ER that you just saw was jam-packed full of people. And it wasn't COVID, by the way. It was just jam-packed full of people. And I was the only one in there without a mask on. It was jam-packed, 50 people in there. And I just sat in there. Everyone else fully masked, you know. I love the new mask. Chin to bottom of your eyes, you know. <laughs> we don't unify with people who are not of the word of God. Again, doesn't mean you don't love them. I'm the only one in my family saved. I love my family. I'll go see my family. But I'm not gonna say, you know, what do we need to do to come together? 
In order for us to come together, it's like the, it's like the statement that says to somebody, in order for me to agree with you, then we'd both be wrong. In order for us to come to agreement, then we'd both be wrong. I'm not going to come to an agreement by dropping the word of God. Amen. You don't unify with them. You cut them to the heart. Cutting, I want you to think about it. Does unity, worldly unity, sound like a dull butter knife or a sharp blade? It's a dull butter knife. We're going to unify. We're going to try to get you in. What can we say to make you comfortable? What can we say to make you feel like you're one of us already, right? No, that's not our job. Our job is to cut them to the heart. Acts chapter 2, 14 through 24. Peter addresses the crowd. Acts 2, 14 through 24. Then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. It doesn't sound very cooperative. That doesn't sound unifying. Let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, speaking of the upper room, apostles, followers of Jesus. As you suppose, it's only nine in the morning. Hope not. Now this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show, that's too weird for me. Then the Bible's too weird for you. You're not in unity with the Bible. God wants to prophesy through you. Prophesy. Well, that violates my Baptist doctrine. Shove your Baptist doctrine. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. You know what drives me nuts? I wasn't going to preach about this, but it drives me nuts. When all the Christians come up to me and talk to me about blood moons, don't talk to me about it. You're just a religious Pentecostal person. If you're going to talk about this, this, that type of thing, then produce be doing something outside of, did you see the moon was red last night? Great. Okay, the moon was red last night. Quiet in here. Must be a bunch of blood moon people in here. <laughs> Produce instead. Raise the dead. Give sight to the blind. Win the lost. Instead of hovering around and waiting for the blood moon. It's like an evangelical cult. Stop being so weird and actually win the lost. And never will get it. And don't get out, all Christians get tossed to and fro and carried about with all wind of doctrine. They believe this thing, they believe that thing. The latest conspiracy theory, the latest, stop it and believe the Bible. Amen. Don't be preaching your conspiracy theories to people either. You're welcome. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you, verse 23, by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge and you with the help of wicked men put him to death by nailing him to the cross. Peter's really mincing words, is he not? 
You know what he's doing? He's flowing in the spirit. He's not holding back. He's speaking the truth. And I hesitate, and I know that it's biblical. I know where the verse is. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, but speaking the truth in love. I hate to preach it to the modern church because the modern church doesn't know what love is. They think love is syrupy niceness and acquiescence to lies and truth avoidance. It is not. The love, love rejoices in the truth. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. And does not rejoice in iniquity. You know, and people say, you know what, I'm going to avoid your sin because I love you so much. No, you're hating them by doing that. So I even, I hate to say it. I don't like to preach it because people have a total misconception of what biblical love is. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for, for death to keep its hold on him. Acts 2, 32 through 39. God has raised, I'm reading you Jesus's, I mean Peter's sermon to the lost, how to pierce them to the heart. God has raised this Jesus to life and we are witnesses of it. Do you realize what he's saying, saying and, what he, and who he's saying it to? He's speaking this to the Sanhedrin, to the Pharisees, to the Sadducees, and to the very people that formed a mob and nailed Jesus to a cross. And we put masks on so people feel comfortable? We shut our churches down? Does, this, does that line up with, Christ, with, the, with biblical Christianity? Exalted to the right hand of God, he received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. It's a death sentence. Peter just sentenced himself to death. And we're afraid to tell people that you're sinning? No, you know, we want to keep them in the church. No, thank you. I'm preaching the word. Amen. Period. Amen. That's it. Amen. That means that, listen, a lot of you don't believe me when I tell you this. If that means that I no longer pastor, I no longer pastor. You're like, wouldn't that bother you? No. No, I, I would miss people to some degree. All right, well, what am I going to do, lie to you up here and tell you that I'm Mr. People? I'm not Mr. People. You're like, what on earth are you doing? God called me. God made me do it. I wasn't looking to pastor a church. God made me pastor a church. But I'm here to preach the gospel. If, if, if that means there's nobody to preach to, then God will work it out. If people don't want the Bible, notice what we're reading here. I'm barely preaching. I'm reading Bible verses to you. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. What did, people, what did Peter do to this point? Preach the gospel. Hardcore. I'm going to give you a list of what he said to him in just a minute. They were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? That's what we want Cuomo to say. That's what, that's what we want the left in this country to say, and the unsaved right in, the country, in this country to say. They were cut to the heart, and they say to us, brothers, fellow Americans, what shall we do? That's what we want. But you're not going to get it by preaching some sort of cuddly, cozy, butter knife gospel. 
doesn't cut anything. Oh, yeah, Tom, look at the mega churches. Yeah, the ones that all closed, they're now half the size of what they used to be. Those? Those, who, those churches in many jurisdictions will be closed by the government soon. Or you can operate at their capacity. Peter replied and said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children, for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. How did this happen? Cutting them to the heart, how did it happen? The answer is the word was preached. What does is what is, what is Hebrews chapter four, verse 12 say about the word? For the word of God is quick, powerful. Do you wait? Do you marinate? No. You preach the word in season when it's popular and out of season when it's not. Second Timothy 4, 2. Got one amen from Bill in the front row. That's it. You preach it no matter what. You preach it at Thanksgiving when the door opens. I'm not saying knock the door down. I'm saying the door opens. Oh, you know what? You, you know, in order for you to come in the house to have Thanksgiving with us, you know, we need you to put your kids in a mask. There's your door. Preach it. Or are you going to strap masks on your kids? No. No. I'll go somewhere else and eat. 7-Eleven's always open. I got all I need right there. <laughs> he preached the word. That's how Peter cut him to the heart. For the word of God is quick, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. Listen to what it says. Piercing. They were cut to the heart. Piercing. They were cut to the heart, piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrows, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's what you do. You preach the gospel. Yeah, but that offends so many people. They aren't going to be one anyway. No one can come to the Father. No one can come. Jesus said, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I'll raise him up at the last day. That's why you know what? A lot of Christians are speaking to closed doors. If they were actually led by the Spirit of God in the Romans chapter 8, verse 14 sort of way, the door would open. He'd preach the gospel. And it would cut them to the heart. They'd have to make a decision. But a lot of times people are preaching to people that aren't even open. They aren't being drawn by God. You should sense that in your spirit. But most Christians are not in connection with the Holy Spirit. You probably think that Tom, he just, he just kicks open all the doors and just preaches the gospel. No, I don't. I wait for the door to open. <clears throat> I pray for the door to open. Do you? Pray for it to open and God opens the door. I don't go to my neighbors. I've told you this a dozen times before. I've got two men who live together who are gay. My, my next door neighbors, not next door, but just down the road from me. I don't go knocking on their door and say, hey, you're gay, you're going to hell. I'm Pastor Tom, Foundation Church. <laughs> I, did, I hope a door opens. But God may not, listen, they may be closed out. They may be hellbound. I don't know. That's God's business. He knows the heart. He'll open the door as he sees fit. I don't just, I don't slam open doors. It's just awkward, weird stupidity. Damn, can't we just go knocking on doors? No. You go knock on doors. You want to go knock on doors? Go knock on doors. All they think of you is you're a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon. And so they're already closed out to you. What's the point? When in Rome, be a Roman, right? Where do you get that from? That's just the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 19 through 21. 
You know, in America, you don't go door knocking. Jehovah's Witnesses have ruined all that. You know, somebody, oh, how could you say that? Well, how many people you want? It's not, if you're knocking on doors, are you praying over that? God would open up doors, literally, figuratively, spiritually. Maybe you have, and maybe that's what God has called you to do, work out your own salvation. Definitely not where I'm called. I pray that God opens doors, and he does. Now I want you to, I have a list here of what Peter said to them. Listen to what he said to them. Was this kind and cuddly? He told them they were far off. He told them to repent. He told them there was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, and they knew it. So they knew who Jesus was. And he said, you crucified him anyway. How kind. He told them it was God's deliberate plan to hand him over to you. Do you ever think about how insulting that is? What is he saying? That they were so evil, God knew that was the right people to hand him over to because you know what? They're so evil, they'll kill him. It's God's deliberate plan to give his son to people that he knew would murder him. That's not very nice. That's not gonna win people. Who told you that? Who told you? Who told you kind words wins people? Who told you that? No, the Bible wins people. If it happens to be kind, great. If it happens to be, you know what, you're so evil, God had a deliberate plan that he knew that he would use you to kill his son, then that's what you preach. You know what you say to the man who's dressed up as a woman? You tell him that he's a man and you direct him to the men's bathroom. That's what you do. Well, that's gonna offend him. Don't care. That's the Bible. That's the truth. You're a man. I don't care that you have a skirt on. I don't care that you call yourself April and your real name's Adam. I don't care. Adam. I I know what the government says. You know what now? On our passports, you can pick your own gender. I don't care what Joe Biden says. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm not taking a vaccine. I'm not getting a vaccine passport. I'm going with what the Bible says. He said to them, he also, Peter says to them, with the help of wicked men, you crucified him, nailing him to the cross. You did it. Was that, well, you know, I know it wasn't you guys, but you know, our church, Pastor COVID, our caver. And he told them, the sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. He's preaching about that now. There's like four churches in America preaching about, you know what, vaccine passports are greasing the skids for the mark of the beast if they're not the mark of the beast themselves. It's like four churches preaching that. Yeah, I'm making up the word four. I'm making up the number four. But I'm just telling you, who's preaching it? I challenge you today. Before you come to church next Sunday, DVR, CTN, God TV, Daystar, and you go and you find one other church that's preaching like we're preaching. And I'm not saying that to glorify myself. I don't care. If I wanted to glorify myself, you know what? We would have all these pastor appreciation days. I'm not interested in any of that. I could, listen, I could be on social media every day. And the greatest tech guy in the world, Aaron, could facilitate it. We could be on there every day if I wanted to glorify myself. 
I have no interest in any of that. What I have an interest in is preaching the gospel. And I happen to notice nobody else is doing it. Who else is talking about Revelation 13, 16 through 18? Nobody. Nobody. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. Well, Tom, you know, but the vaccine passports, are their QR codes on your phone. Oh, it'll never translate to being on your forehead or your right hand. Oh, really? Only took them about a year to get to the QR codes on your phone. Only got, hey, how long did it take them to get the vaccine passports where you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without your vaccine passport? And you think that the, you think the mark of the beast to your right hand or forehead is not coming next? And you know what will happen then? Same Christians that closed their church will take the mark of the beast and be preaching the entire time that they're right with God. That's what will happen. Worship team, make your way. So then what happened? It's a perfect place to close. So Peter preached all of those things, those mean and nasty things by today's, in today's church, those things would be called unchristlike. Peter preached all those things. Well, what was the end result? Galatians chapter six, verse seven says, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. So Peter sowed all of that gospel into the ground. What did he reap? Closing with these two verses. Acts chapter 2, 40 and 41. With many other words, he warned them. Warned them. And he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. How did he do it? He preached the word. You're like, Tom, the word has been preached to America. America knows the Bible. <laughs> no, it doesn't. The modern church doesn't know the Bible. The Bible's not being preached. If the Bible was being preached, we would not have vaccine passports right now. If the Bible was being preached, no churches would have closed. If the Bible was being preached, Joe Biden wouldn't be president. If the Bible was being preached, there wouldn't have been a fraudulent election. If the Bible was being preached, you wouldn't have a transgender moron making a video in collaboration with the White House. You wouldn't have that if the Bible was being preached. If the Bible was, I'll just keep going because none of you are buying in yet. You know, I'm going to make you be louder. I'm not closing. We'll just go until you're so embarrassing you have to leave. If the Bible was being preached, we wouldn't have gay marriage being the law of the land. If the Bible was being preached, abortion wouldn't be legal. That's what has happened, is the, is the church has ceded ground to humanized love. That's what's happened. But if we get back to the word and we preach the word, Paul said, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. One of those demonstrations is the sword of the wielding Jesus, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Stand with me. Praise you. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online, that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you, and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. 
If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.